Hello and welcome to Creepypots, uh, the Creepypasta podcast after dark edition. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's just we're recording really late at night. And so that was the joke I came up with beforehand, and I did not think of a good way to deliver it, so I'm just kind of putting it out there now. We're going to talk about the... We're taking your calls uh, to ask <laughs> advice. I never thought it would happen to me. I was there. I had just started working at the office, and my boss approached me with his rippling muscles. What am I saying? What's this show? Um, Sorry, we... What we is re- happening? We, we read creepypastas and then talk about them. We don't share uh, scintillating uh, stories of any kind. Um, I have two guests with me. You can hear them laughing. I have uh, returning guest Stephanie Kingsbury. Hello! And her little baby sister, Cassie Kingsbury. Hi. Haha. <laughs> you little, little baby. baby. That's uh, me. You little baby. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so the first story we're covering in this this pair of episodes is a very popular creepypasta called Psychosis. Uh, and I didn't tell anyone beforehand that that was the first of the two that we're doing, but it is. So get that opening your Chrome tab or whatever. I'm on ready. Your telephone. Okay. Got it on the. Uh, got it up on my rotary telephone, so I'm good to go. Well. <laughs> If you're so ready, uh, give us a a little summary rundown of this story. Okay, so, um, basically the story is in first person, and it's a guy who is journaling everything, because he suddenly is afraid of his computer, and something is weird, but he's not sure what, and he's been doing a computer programming project for like three days in his basement apartment and he realizes he hasn't spoken to anyone in like three days so he tries to go outside but everything's really weird and he tries to call his friend and then it gets weirder and eventually just everything is so weird that he's locked in his apartment for forever because he thinks a computer is coming to kill him yeah, and then uh, at the uh, very end of the story, um, he gets locked up in in the psych ward, and it switches to a different point of view. Uh, well, he claws his own eyes out, and then we have him writing a, another journal entry from the psych ward, and then it, it zooms out from his point of view, and it turns out he was right, and there's some sort of entity controlling all the people in his life. Yeah, so the whole time it's supposed to be you're not really sure if he is correct in that, you know, there really is some kind of something coming to kill him, or if he's just a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I liked the story up until that reveal, and it's like, well, he was right, but not really, because they didn't. Yeah. If they're just controlling the people, then they didn't fake the phone calls or anything. They just like made people do it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, and, you know, I think it, you know, it's you know it's not, like, the um, best written thing I've ever read, but, you know, I thought it was pretty good as far as building the suspense up and making you not really sure which way it was going to go, but, yeah, I thought the very end review... Yeah, I've read, I've read a lot of these over the course of this show, and I will say this is definitely one of the better ones. I can see that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cassie, what did you think? Um, I, I liked it. I thought that, I, I don't know, I had, like, a lot of mixed feelings about it. I agree it's, like, not the best written thing I ever read. I thought the concept was interesting. I thought it had 
kind of like a weirdly believable portrayal of someone just descending into this serious paranoia and like delusion um, to the point where like I almost didn't really need it to be really this this whole conspiracy or entity thing happening um, because the scary part to me was kind of how this guy was getting so freaked out just by what was happening in his mind. Yeah, um, yeah I think I you're know. right. It probably would have been scarier if he was just crazy. Just because, like, yeah. the fact that you could just descend into madness like that over actually nothing, even though you thought it was a serious something, is more scary, probably. <laughs> right, and the whole time in the beginning, like, there's a couple reminders he gives to himself where he's like, Oh, it's so funny that I'm getting so scared over nothing. And he ha- he keeps saying that to himself. So you can see that he has rational thoughts mm-hmm. and he recognizes that what he's doing is not normal and is probably not founded on anything real, but he still does it any- anyway. Like he can't stop himself from, fe- from feeling so afraid. Yeah. So. And it just like builds up cool. and up and gets worse and worse. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's kind of scary, but yeah, probably would have been scarier if that had just all actually been happening in his head. Yeah. I think the best way to fix, well, fix the best way to like make this a really solid story is you chop off that little last paragraph about the doctor being like, I'm evil. And you add, <laughs> you add a paragraph in the beginning being like, Hey, I just got this new job as a janitor at the local hospital and I was cleaning out the psych ward and I found this notebook in the trash. Yes. Okay, wait. I had this exact thought because I was thinking about how this story gives you no opportunity to let you believe it's a thing that really happened, which is what I kind of like about a lot of creepypastas that you're kind of like, oh, this is scary. Could this happen to me? I don't know. So like... It needed, like, the found footage thing, where at the beginning they're like, we found this footage at the scene of whatever, you know, like, that lets you think that maybe this is, like, a real thing. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It needed to be, like, something that was found somewhere. Um, And, like, why was it – I was also just kind of, like, annoyed by the first sentence where it's like, I I need to write on paper because I don't trust my computer, but I'm, like, reading it on a computer. So I'm like, what is the reason that someone typed this? (laughs) I was like, no, someone did, like, type this on a computer, though. (laughs) Like, it would have been cool. I mean, this is, like, a lot of time, but um, maybe if someone had, like, scanned handwritten pages or, like, written it on a typewriter or something instead or, like, made it look like that. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, put a little a little effort into your weird internet story. I want to <laughs> I wanna believe that it, like, uh, I watched this How movie this past Halloween. How dare you not handwrite this and then, like, tea stain the pages? <laughs> yeah. How dare you not do this thing that you probably didn't think to do because you were just bored one night browsing 4chan or whatever. <laughs> and I saw this movie this past Halloween called The Sacrament, and it goes to such pains in the beginning to be like, uh, this is like, it, it pretends to be a Vice documentary. It like shows the Vice offices, and these guys are from, are like, we're Vice reporters, and we're going to go to this crazy like Christian compound like, in the jungles of Africa and, like, interview them. And then it does the opening credits montage, and it credits, like, all the real people who made the movie. <laughs> it's like, why would you break the... Why would you break the the conceit so early? <laughs> and it's like, I wanted that movie to do the same thing this did, because, like, the rest of the movie was found footage, and, like, this whole story is presented as journal entries, but there's no... There's nothing building the idea that it's supposed to be an actual journal that any real person kept. Right. 
that is like it exists too much in the world of fiction. But I mean, I liked it. It's all right. <laughs> I think I um, that. okay. So another another interesting thing about this story that I feel like the the author who clearly just did not put in enough effort here <laughs> could have done is this whole thing where this um this alleged paranoia about you know like this entity trying to control all the people around you or whatever is allegedly spread through this email or like spread through spread through panicked messages like the main character is sending text messages to all his friends when he's trying to figure out if anybody's even out there if anyone can contact him and he's like oh my gosh i could have like infected them with these messages and that's kind of like a little detail it's like not very well explained and i thought that was like a really cool i don't know i thought that was like the coolest part of the story like the idea that you could get an email and that that would send you off into this like increasing madness i don't know yeah it's interesting the whole idea of there being like a uh a linguistically transmitted virus of some kind is yeah. cool but it's i think it's more interesting in this because it's uh it doesn't really have any sort of mystical uh, connotation. It's just like, oh, uh, I received a message that was so paranoid and weird that now I'm paranoid. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's it, there's a lot of good crunchy stuff in here. I'm just so disappointed by the ending yeah. that I almost like it. It does like I've spent a lot of time living in basements. Uh, I live in a basement right now, and I lived in a basement for a year in college, and it's creepy. And so like, this could if you happen look to out, you. <laughs> yeah, this could. Well, I mean, I have a window in my room, and I so I can see outside. I'm like, <laughs> presumably, unlike this guy who can't seem to see outside from anywhere. I don't think except- this is a legal apartment. Like, yeah. did the landlord get actual permits for renting out this space? Yeah, I think you like- have to have just like that little slit window at the top, at least, right? <laughs> I don't know. He clearly lives in, like, the town of Silent Hill or something. (laughs) Everything is just, like, covered in, like, brown rust and, like, there's dripping pipes and and blinking, buzzing fluorescent lights above, presumably. And loud soda machines full of expired soda. Uh, I mean, is that really going to hurt you worse than soda already does? That seems like a weird detail. (laughs) I would have liked to see him drink the soda anyway. I know, it was only two years expired. That doesn't seem that bad. I mean, they just have to put expiration dates on anything you can consume. Bottled water has expiration dates. It doesn't expire. Um, anyway, so I, yeah, I did also in the story like that idea where he was like actually feeding information to like this bad evil thing that was coming to get him. Like it didn't know anything about him until he told it about him. Yeah, I really liked that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I loved the. So uh, like sorry, it didn't know ahead, it didn't know his name was John until he said his name was John and then yeah. and then it knew and all that. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I liked the uh, cuz it's it's a little ambiguous cuz like uh he that he thinks of the first time he met Amy mm-hmm. and then she like uh gives that as the detail and it's like yeah, I mean she probably would give some detail like that. So it was it was a little like ooh, is it real or not? Yeah, that was Cassie. Kind of, you were saying. 
Oh, I was just going to talk about that exact same thing, but um, wow. the the fact that he, um, you know, he notices that his webcam, his like weird secondary out of date webcam, very specific, um, yeah. was pointed at his journal where he had like written about meeting Amy, and then you know it's like he's he's talking to her through the door, and he's like feeling like oh I'm being ridiculous, this is Amy, everything's normal, and then his eye just like catches on the camera, and he's like wait. They could have seen through the camera and read my journal about meeting Amy, and they just like freaks out. Like that is it. So I kind of really liked that moment a lot. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be like because he wrote it down that uh, they got the information somehow, uh, and that was going to be cool. But then that adds kind of that mystical element uh, to it of like they just they can the mysterious they can just get information but i i did like the the detail like oh he just left that webcam out because i'm always whenever i see my webcam plugged in i'm always like ah, oh, no i'm gonna unplug that yeah I don't <laughs> it might it might be on and broadcasting in someone's room you don't even know who knows yeah <laughs> oh my gosh that is how i feel because like i don't know on all these tv shows about like conspiracies including the x-files because Mulder has his webcam taped anyway it's like i learned that you should put it like a piece of tape over your webcam but for me it's not even that i'm worried that someone is like surveilling me like the government it's like what if i'm doing something horribly embarrassing and my webcam was left on <laughs> like that's all i feel about that and it's like i've been watching netflix for three hours while like digging out my ear with my finger or something <laughs> and everyone watched me do that <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is like my greatest fear. So I do tape my webcams now. <laughs> oh my god, you do? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't want like a. Uh, I don't want like a whole week's worth of episodes of of my Truman Show to be just me picking my nose and and staring at the computer. Oh my gosh, you guys! My my webcam it's on right now. The green light is on. They're ah, watching. Oh wait, everyone can see you. Oh wait, you guys can see me. Hi. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, I do like this thing of the paranoia growing because he hasn't seen other people. Because I've yeah, gone, that was kind of scary. Like yeah. <laughs> I've I've done that. I've gone like stretches of time where I'm like, oh, I haven't like spoken to anyone in a while, and I'll have to just like text someone and be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> At first, uh, I was wondering if it was like, um, like some kind of weird apocalypse thing where maybe the rest of the world was just like gone and he didn't know. Because yeah. I feel like uh, we used to joke about that all the time when I worked in a casino and was there for like 12 hours at a time because there's no windows. So I was like, what if we just walked outside and like the rest of the world was just like a barren, flat desert wasteland, <laughs> <laughs> just like the casino standing in the middle of it. Oh, my well, God. But then you uh, did walk outside and because you live in Nevada, it was a barren desert wasteland. No, well, this was in Atlantic City. <laughs> well, so... well, that wasn't that wasn't a barren desert so wasteland. That should not be a barren. <laughs> okay, but that is a great premise for like the first episode of a show that I don't know what the rest of it is about, but I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, so that's I was kind of wondering if it was like going to be that sort of thing when the story first started. Yeah, it kind of seemed like that because he was like, ah, it's lunchtime. I'm going to go outside. And then he's like, oh, no, it's the middle of the night. It was 11 p.m. <laughs> oh, whoops. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, so, uh, Cass, Cassie, what for you is the, the spookiest line or the scariest aspect of this story? 
Oh, gosh. I didn't write down a spookiest line. Um, I have to say, I don't even know that I was scared, but I loved the progression to this point, and I thought this was a great moment when he starts freaking out about his eyes. Um, mm. You know, and he's like, "What? my eyes aren't any different from cameras. They do the same thing. And, like, instantly you're like, oh, God, he's going to put his own eyes out, which he does off screen. But, yeah, I love that. I was very into it at that point. <laughs> yeah, you know that we would see the, like, just up to the impact of the, like, whatever implement he uses if this was adapted into a movie. Because mm. it would definitely be a PG-13 uh, direct-to-video release. <laughs> uh, and it would not be able to show any blood or have any swearing, but we would definitely have that tension. Like, uh, like in the butterfly effect when that kid who plays Ashton Kutcher spikes his hands. No. No? Nobody saw the butterfly effect? No, that sounds awful. <laughs> the audience is cringing. Well, to, <laughs> there's one... He, uh, he blacks out and, uh, occasionally, and then, uh, as an adult, starts reliving the blackouts, and he can change things during them. Um, and one time to test and make sure it's real, he's a little kid, and he goes and, like, d uh, spikes his hands on, like, you know, like a paper thing where you would spike papers on it. It's just like a metal spike. Yeah. Just like oh, slam. Oh, yeah. He slams his hands on those and oh. it's like just that the moment of contact is when they cut away so that you don't oh. see any actual gore. Yeah. Yeah, you know the type of thing I mean. Anyway. Yeah. People should not be allowed <laughs> uh, to have that in offices. I mean, like, what if you slipped and fell and, like, you landed on it on your eyeball or something? Like, you can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's my biggest fear in the world. <laughs> slip and fall and spike my f like i worked at sanctuary and we had those and i'm uh, like uh it's winter i really hope i don't slip and fall and like butterfly effect my hand on this right on the know. ticket spikes um steph what was your uh scariest line or the spookiest aspect of the story for you um uh, I guess probably, like, all those moments when he, like, almost leaves and is almost like, okay, no, I was wrong. Like, I guess, um, like, Amy calls him and invites him out for pizza, and he's like, oh, see, everything's fine. But then, like, then he gets the email and freaks out more. But then, again, like, she shows up at the door again, and then he is about to open it, but notices, like, he doesn't actually see her on the camera, and it's kind of, like, all weird stuff like that. So... I don't know. Yeah, just it's all those moments when he like almost gave into it, and you're and you're like, oh, we're about to find out he's going to open the door, but then he like <laughs> just descends further into the craziness. Yeah, the uh, the character pulls you into his madness, where you're like, no, don't open the door. It's definitely a monster. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I actually that's why I did want him to open into the door because I was convinced now that something was seriously wrong, and I was like, I just want to find out what it is at this point. Yeah, I'm it's done. Like you want to <laughs> see what would happen if he did open the door? Yeah. I, um, yeah, but then we do find out, like, what, uh... Well, we've already the, established the, the ending thing. is terrible, so, I mean, we do yeah. find out, but it is that they take you to a psych psychiatric ward where they continue to try to trick you for some unnamed reason. <laughs> like, yeah, that's actually the thing. It's, like, the thing that they did when he opened the door was, like, the thing that the actual real people would have done anyway, so what is... What's the goal here? I know. Well, right? it, <laughs> it's for some reason they have to get him to believe them. But why? For what? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> 
that's I guess that's the big mystery that's left hanging, but that's not as satisfying a mystery as the one I wanted there to be left hanging. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the spookiest line for me is the email he receives. Mm. Trying to find... Oh, seen with my own eyes. Don't trust them. They And it's just cut off. Uh, and there's a later line that implies that uh, it was like... That the the mysterious they is like trying to stop the people who don't believe them from communicating with each other. Oh yeah, like the uh, fake doctor who comes and he's like trying to convince him that you know everything's fine and normal, and he's like, "I know you got that email that slipped through somehow," and he's like, <gasps> "What do you mean slipped through? Slipped through what?" Like, <laughs> yeah, like what does that mean? That and mean? that even is fine because that's like ambiguous enough where it's like that seems pretty fishy, but I could understand someone under a stressful situation saying something weird. Yeah. Um, but then they make it too explicit at the end. Yeah. All right, this was a pretty good story, I guess. Uh, <laughs> overall, it was good. It was good. I feel bad just like trashing it. It was good. We liked it. I liked. Well, it. it's it's uh, written by anonymous, I think. Right? Oh, I then I don't care. It's I don't not think that anonymous. I'm just kidding. I, I did like it. I did. <laughs> uh, credited to Matt Dimersky. Good job, Matt. Oh, whoops, sorry, Matt. Oh. Uh, I didn't <gasps> mean to crap on your story. <laughs> you revealed him. No, yeah, no. I thought. It, I mean, it was good. It could use some, you know, maybe tweaking, but it was good. I think I think he wrote sequels. Oh, Let me oh. just click the link here. Uh, yeah, the, there's the Asylum series, which is mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if they if they all take place in that same asylum or something. It's like hopefully it's uh, not just the mysterious day still trying to make the guy believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and what this- he has to believe is that he's really in a, an asylum somewhere with doctors. Which like, he is. Just, <laughs> like, he has to believe the most believable thing on the world. And then they'll be like, ah, gotcha, and chop his head off. Yeah, or, I don't even know what. They'll just be like, ha, yeah. gotcha, that's all we wanted, bye. And they'll just leave him alone then. <laughs> like, they've already left alone every other human on Earth because all they wanted like, oh, was, you was fell to get for it, sucker. So everyone else is just living their lives normally and they're totally focused on this last guy. I know, right? Yeah, they, they just want to razz him real bad. <laughs> they're like, ah, you fell for it, the dork. Re- the real Amy is like banging on the window like, just tell them you believe it. Like, <laughs> then you can just it's get fine. out. <laughs> uh, yeah, this story intrigued me enough that I'll probably go and read the others and maybe do episodes about them. Hey. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, that's the end of the episode here. Uh, Cassie, do you have anything you want to plug? Well, I think you guys usually say what your Twitter is. So my Twitter is at Love of Strengths, and I think that's also my Tumblr. If you wanted to look at my Tumblr, and uh, do you occasionally submit anything to Bibliomantics, or are you there? Uh- <laughs> Dormant uh, Define occasionally. <laughs> you should still go to bibliomantics.com because yes. it's great. It's yeah. a great website that I have maybe written for once or twice in the distant past. <laughs> uh, and I think that that uh, contribution level is similar or exceeded by Stephanie. Uh, now you can also plug your things. Um. Well, my Twitter and Instagram handles. Do you have a handle on Instagram? I don't know. What do the kids say? Who knows? Is handle <laughs> handle is good for any screen name. Okay, it's at Pokemantic, and I did just post a new picture of my cat yesterday. So. <gasps> 
Oh you my gosh. Better get on and look at that because it's really cute. <laughs> I'm literally going to look right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at J3FK. Uh, I don't think I said my name. I'm Jeff Kowalski. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. I usually say my name at the very beginning of the show. Uh, I oh guess we're going to start over. Stephanie, <laughs> this picture is so cute. Oh my God. I know. Everyone go to at Pokemantic on Instagram. The picture is really cute. <laughs> uh, I'll go and retweet that picture or something. Uh, you can follow me at J3FK on Twitter. You can go to weaponizedlanguage.com to check out... More episodes of this show, uh, you can check out my other podcast, Seeing Reddit, where me and past guests, uh, Matt and Louisa Heron, go to a random Reddit page and make fun of it and talk about it and sometimes genuinely enjoy it. You can go listen to episodes of Frank Ecto Ghost Detective, the third episode just posted a few weeks ago. It contains both Cassie and Stephanie. Woohoo! Um, uh, just, um, come back next week for another episode of the show and remember the line of the email that I was going to use as my sign out but I can't find it. Good night. Bye.